Okay, we are back with episode three of the Music Problems Podcast. The only podcast where we talk about music, talk about your problems, and talk about how music helped you through those problems. I am your host, Tyler Roberts, and today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some pop culture, um, how I just got back into Dragon Ball. Uh, it's a pretty fun show. Uh, maybe talk about my bird a little bit because he's chirping away back here. And uh, we'll talk about music, uh, music influences, kind of music I like, and well, we've talked about that, but I'll get more in depth into it, more bands, different genres, all this, and um, maybe I'll play a few tunes for y'all, so, because I got a, I got my acoustic guitar right here, so, I might play a little bit of tunes for y'all, I don't know, I don't know yet, but uh, it could happen. So, I'm going to jump right into the pop culture segment. So, see y'all when I decide what I want to talk about for pop culture. Maybe Dragon Ball, maybe different uh, maybe different television shows, maybe anything. It could be literally anything pop culture related. Okay, we're back from the small but very frightening break that just occurred. Also known as the exclamation point. Uh, I'm here with my father. You are my dad. You're my dad. Wookie, wookie, wookie. So, what do you want to talk about in today's current events segment of the Music Problems Podcast? I want to talk about how what you think happened to Adolf Hitler isn't really what happened. How so? I've been watching a series on the History Channel. Okay, hold the mic, please. The series on the History Channel talks about the official determination for Hitler was that he committed suicide in his Fuhrer bunker in the days leading up to the Russian army closing in on him. But they allege that he didn't commit suicide, that he actually escaped to South America and was plotting to create the Fourth Reich by developing a nuclear weapon. So so essentially, <laughs> so essentially you're saying Adolf Hitler fled to Argentina to make another Nazi party. That's what the series suggests, and they suggest that there were a number of things that they had pre-planned, a number of escapes, and there were people that they caught in Argentina later on that were part of the Nazi party that escaped. So they didn't actually prove that Hitler escaped, but they presented a lot of compelling evidence. Some of that compelling evidence would surprise you. I've seen the documentaries and it makes sense there's there's pictures of where they photoshopped Hitler into American clothing shaved his mustache off and he looks like a perfect perfectly normal American person doesn't look German doesn't look anything he just looks American so it makes sense and yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of Nazi Germans didn't want to be I guess laughed at or hated on so they all fled to Argentina and other places and uh, South America so pretty interesting uh, conspiracy you got there you got anything else you want to talk about 
Um, well, fortunately, they weren't successful in, in, in plotting because, you know, we're obviously we're speaking English at this point. So if they had been successful, we probably would be speaking German at this point. So which is not great because I don't know how to speak German. Why would we be speaking German? Because if the Nazis had come up again and developed their weapon that they wanted to develop, maybe they would have been successful in invading and taking over the U.S. I don't think they'd be able to. They would convert our language over. We'd be speaking German, but there's also got to be that second English, secondary English language that we would know. Possibly. Possibly. We could also talk about your lack of skill behind the steering wheel of an automobile Mm -hmm. as well. Talked about the uh, red car. So, it's a challenge driving, is it not? At at some points. My lack of skill, I've only driven how many? Seven, seven, eight times? Lack of skill... I'm pretty skilled for the amount of times I've driven. I already, yeah, I already told the, the story of the red car coming in, almost killing us in the process. Alright, so anything else? Because that's a pretty short story. I've already told it as well. Um, what other stories do I have to tell? Well... I had, back in the day, I had... What, 1990? What, 1990? Probably 1992, 1993. Mm. Um, I actually had tickets to go see Nirvana, but the show got canceled, so I never did have an opportunity to go see Mm. Nirvana. But I had tickets to go see them in Davenport, Iowa, of all places. I'm not sure on their entire list of road shows they ever played in Iowa. They didn't play in Iowa. They canceled the show. So, yeah, no, they didn't play in Iowa. Do you know the reason? I believe one of the band members was not feeling well or was having issues or something along those lines. I don't remember specifics. I know what it was. It's probably... um. Since Chris didn't go to the wedding, probably like the start, maybe, possibly the start of where they started to get off good terms and started to turn to bad terms, so he didn't go to the wedding and all this, it probably, like, they got into a huge fight and Chris said, I'm not playing live or something like that, or like Dave got sick or something, or just Kurt was high out of his mind. That's another possibility. Or... That might have been the day that Kurt wrote the first part of his suicide note, because in 1992 is when the first part was written from where saying, oh, I don't want to do live performances anymore. That could have been the first part of when he wrote that. Yeah, possible, I guess, but kind of bums you out, though. You had an opportunity to go see them, but it didn't happen, so I guess we'll never know we'll never know what the show would have been like so but I'll tell you what the show would have been like it would have kicked ass Davenport Iowa you talking about you don't know what the show would have been like 
No, it probably would have been Kurt mumbling his words and being high and <laughs> just seeing Chris jump up and down and <laughs> so favorite band ah Pearl Jam okay. Pearl Jam is my favorite band been to see him quite a few times been listening to him for a number of years but I kind of was 18 to 20 years old around the time that the whole grunge thing happened in Seattle, so I like a lot of those bands, whether it's Soundgarden or Alice in Chains or Screaming Trees or Mud Honey or, you know, a lot of those bands, but did I ever tell you that I met Lane Staley on a golf cart? No, you didn't. When did you meet Lane Staley on a golf cart? I met Lane Staley on a golf cart at Lollapalooza at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. I think it was 92. He was over on the second stage, the little band that you may have heard of. At the time, nobody had heard of him, but Tool was playing on the second stage at Lollapalooza. And um, Lane Staley was over watching them, so my buddy and I went over and shook his hand. And he was incredibly short and incredibly skinny. So what you're saying is Kurt Cobain and Lance Staley, build-wise, are essentially the same person. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing that he could sing the way that he did with as small as he was. So so I, I told this theory last time. So people are saying Kurt did commit suicide. He was murdered by the CIA. Hired by Courtney because he was taking over mainstream, mainstream whatever the hell they wanted to talk about, whatever the hell they they wanted to murder him for. So Courtney Courtney hired the CIA or the dude that was housekeeping the house at the time that didn't know Kurt was there. I'm pretty sure he didn't know he was there. Killed him because first point of evidence, the gun shell I believe was to the right of him. No, to the he I think it was to the left. When he was found dead, the gun was upside down. The bullet ex exit, whatever you want to call that, where it ex the shell exits, was pointed to the right of him, or the opposite, the opposite side of the shell. And um, so, people are saying, "Oh, it just ricocheted over," and or it ricocheted over, or the gun f flipped around really quickly, and then. Then it, like, stopped. Then the grip happened, but none of those add up because there was nothing on the right side, the the side of the bullet should have been on, or should have been on, should, should, should have been on that could have made the bullet, the bullet shell ricochet. And there's a thing called, I'm pretty sure it's post-mortem grip. That's what it's called. So about a couple milliseconds after you die, your hand grips. So for him to have pulled the trigger and have the gun flip over doesn't make any sense because that would take a few seconds for the whole gun to flip to the other side or a second or on a millisecond. And it doesn't make any sense either why the gun would even flip over because scientifically I'm not sure that's possible if he's got a grip on it. And third point of evidence, he was too high on heroin 
to even pull that trigger. He had 1.52 milliliters per gram, I think it was, in his blood, which is three times the lethal amount. People are like, oh, he's been doing heroin for how long now? Two years? He's probably worked up a resistance. I don't think two years of heroin use is going to get you to withstand three times the lethal dose for a normal human being. So people are saying, Courtney Love hired someone to shoot him or stick a gun in his mouth and fire the trigger then inject heroin into his blood then leave what is your opinion on the whole conspiracy if he's alive is he dead because you couldn't be police even stated you couldn't really tell if it was kurt or not at the crime scene because his face was so distorted Yeah, I'm not sure about any of the conspiracy theories. I don't know how accurate that information is that they've been able to come up with. I don't know. Obviously, today there'd be a better capability of doing a better identification because you'd be able to do DNA. And back when that happened, there wasn't that capability. So I don't know. Maybe he just had some issues and struggled with depression or whatever i don't know yeah it's 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 sad any way you look at it but i would hope that if there was foul play involved that the police would have investigated that and found that out but nobody's perfect and sometimes they miss things or sometimes they don't follow up on things like they should so possible but we'll probably never know and there was someone involved with Courtney Love. I think his name was Aaron. I don't remember. But apparently he had told someone that Kurt was murdered. And then I think a couple days later, or no, like, no, eight, he was interviewed at a train station. Two hours after the interview was over, he was found dead, hit by a train. Someone else stated that Kurt was murdered, that that knew a lot of information. They said, oh, I know a lot of information. I'm just not going to say anything. What are you doing? Is that yours? Is that yours? Is that your, is that your money right there? No, I found this dollar on your floor, and I thought it was possibly payment for doing your podcast. Take it. Um, so, yeah, so another dude told said, Oh, Kurt was murdered. I have information on him. I'm not going to release the information. All all you need to know is that Kurt was murdered. Two days later, dude was found dead. So that's why the whole CIA thing comes in, or the FBI thing comes in, is that CIA or FBI hears about it. They don't want anything else to get out. They murder you. Or, the, it's, or it's the Illuminati. It could be the Illuminati. For all we know, it could be the Illuminati. But by talking about it, did you just make yourself a target? Illuminati, please. No. No. Probably not, because there's been so many conspiracy theories that have gone out, gone out that at this point he's dead. It doesn't matter anymore. And the Salido, Seattle Police Department closed the case, like, rapidly, quickly. I just don't want you becoming Alex Jones. 
Oh, that was uh, that was my my first topic. <laughs> I talked about Alex Jones and how crazy and delusional he is. Have you uh, heard about the theory about Alex Jones? Isn't it that he thought um, Sandy Hook was a a play? That he's really not Alex Jones. That he's a guy that used to be a comedian called Bill Hicks. I think I've heard about Bill Hicks. I, I can, I'm picturing Bill Hicks in my mind. I think they do kind of look a little similar. Isn't Bill Hicks dead? Yeah, Bill Hicks is dead. And that's a conspiracy that people say that they look an awful lot alike and that he wanted to reinvent himself so he staged his death or whatever and he's turned into this Alex Jones character. Um but I don't know. Bill Hicks was always political in his comedy and things like that. But I don't know. He didn't seem to be as uh, uh, confrontational as Alex Jones does. I remember there was a um, an actor, I think, or actor or comedian. I forget his name. I think it was Andy. He's dead now. But the the-, the theory goes. This guy looks. This guy looks so much like Chris Novoselic. People think he's actually Chris Novoselic. Like he's tall, has the same face. Like it's very similar. I don't remember his name. I think his first name is Andy, but I don't know. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. He passed away. Oh boy. Eighty-six. Yeah, a long time ago. A long time ago. But he actually. Um, was a wrestler for a while. He was uh, had a feud with Jerry the King Lawler that actually turned real, and Jerry the King Lawler actually ended up uh, injuring him pretty bad. So, but yeah, there's theories that Andy Kaufman never actually died either. Yeah, so basically, Jerry the King Lawler has a pretty bad history. Domestic abuse against his now, I think, ex-girlfriend. They both went to jail. So, anything else you want to talk about? Any more stories? Any more stories? No. Um, Could be anything. No. Well, just now that I'm thinking about the uh, um, Lollapalooza. Um, the first band at Lollapalooza that the, the first year that I went to it was Rage Against the Machine, which was which was pretty cool. Um, and then um, let's see who else. Allison Chains was on that one, and then um, Ice Cube. Ice Cube was on that bill. Um, right, right. Today was a good day. Um, I didn't have to use my AK. Um, who else was on there? All kinds of, all kinds of good stuff there. But then there was um, the next time that I went, I saw Soundgarden. Um, and then when they were playing "Blow Up the Outside World," people had broken into the pizza truck. There was like a Domino's thing; they were making pizzas or whatever, and people were throwing up the uh, cardboard discs that they were putting the pizzas on. So as they're playing that song, the sky is filled with uh, cardboard pizza discs flying through the air. 
I'm pretty sure one year, um, Nirvana was asked to go to Lollapalooza for like a like a million dollars. They were asked they were gonna get paid to play there, just to play there. And they had a um, they had one concert that they were gonna get paid nine million dollars to play at, and they turned both of them down because they weren't really they didn't want to be mainstream. They just wanted to chill out and write it out and not be like not be mainstream. Well, they didn't really have a choice at that point to become mainstream. When they were previous, when they were touring with Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr. and things like that, then yeah, they weren't mainstream. But then once that video hit, it was, I mean, it just took over everything. And you couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere for very long without hearing it. And so, yeah, it, it, it blew up. It blew up really, really quick. Um, so, yeah. I'm sure they didn't want to be mainstream, but they didn't have didn't have a lot of choice at that point. So, yeah. And have you heard the um, the story from when they played in La Buenos Aires, I think, in Argentina? They played that that show in 1992, where it basically it was like the same thing as Reading, because you could hear the flu, you can hear the cold in his voice still. It was still like that. It's the only con- only concert, only time they ever played Nobody Knows I'm New Wave. It's the only pl- time they ever played that. You heard the story how, um, you know, the famous, the infamous Come As You Are, the Hey performance, where he just says Hey the whole time and then goes finally goes back into it. The only reason that they trolled them uh, after, I think, Breed, they played Smells Like Teen Spirit, and then they played Lounge Act. Then they played the intro to Smells Like Teen Spirit again. They didn't actually play the whole song, any of them. They just played the intro, had the drums go in, and they just stopped, stopped the song and trolled them. The only reason they did that, they weren't they weren't actually going to play Smells Like Teen Spirit, but they had to change up their set list mid, mid-show because the band they brought out, because they had a really small, small-town band that they thought were going to make it big. And the Argentina crowd hated them. Absolutely despised this band for some reason. They just hated them. So they started throwing mud and rocks at this band. And then Sonic Youth came on stage. They started throwing mud and rocks. And Nirvana really liked Sonic Youth. Like the, the Kurt was inspired by um, whoever. I forget the Kim Gordon. Kim Gordon Thurston Moore. Yeah. Lee yeah, he was inspired by Sonic Youth. So Kurt got pissed. And then they started throwing mud and rocks at them because they just wanted the show to end because they were tired of the the crappy music as they thought they were as they thought they was. So Kurt just trolled the hell out of them the whole show, and it was hilarious. Have you heard the stories of the Pat Pavilion? I think it is that show in California. I think in Daytona. Um, how during a, the Red Hot Chili Peppers part of the show, the water pipes broke, so the whole place was flooded. And then I think Eddie Vedder climbed the rafters, climbed up to the ceiling, I think, and dropped into the crowd, I think. Or he just climbed up there and climbed right back down because he was a monkey. Just like Dave Grohl was for a little tiny bit. How he climbed up onto the camera stand and used it as a vlog camera. Um, and how during 
the Nirvana show, everything was flooded. That's why that live album from live from the muddy banks of the Wishka. That's where the Wishka is. Well, there's a Wishka River in Seattle, but the Muddy Banks part is that show because most of the shows on there are from the California show. So, yeah, Pearl Jam. So, during a red hot, I think during higher ground, the water pipes broke. And so, that's when the water pipes broke and everything flooded. And then I think Pearl Jam came on stage and they played a little bit. And Eddie climbed the rafters and. Like, just from the ground up, didn't use a ladder or anything. I'm pretty sure he just climbed up there. So, pretty crazy show. So, do you have, like, a favorite live performance of a specific band? Um, well, I mean, the Pearl Jam shows were a lot of fun, but I, I remember one show that I was really... Uh, so when I was in college, there was a band, there was a, a bar called Stebs, which had live music, and there were some local bands that we would go see quite a bit. And there was one band that we all thought was really good, and we thought that actually could, you know, maybe get signed to a label or whatever. And it was pretty hard back then. Um, you know, we, we liked him a lot. We'd gotten to know the guys that were in the band. And then the one guy decided that he was going to move to Austin, Texas. And so the band had to break up. So the 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 show that was their final show that they played that was kind of uh, kind of cool because they brought up a bunch of other of, of their uh, friends. And they played, um, well, the band that was breaking up was called Fat Bertha and the Love Shakers. Um but they invited uh, the lead singer from House of Large Sizes up, and they played a song of theirs, and they did some other stuff. So that was that was kind of uh, it was a great show, but it was also kind of bummed out because the band that we really liked to go see um, was was breaking up. So yeah. For a second there, I thought you were talking about Days of the New because the only reason they broke up was because their lead singer moved to Austin. Which, they're a pretty good band, too. It's just, I got bummed out, because if any of you had Days of the New Songs from their first album on Apple Music, they removed that. The day after, I think we were going grocery shopping, and I was listening to the entire album. The day after I, I started listening to it again, they removed it from Apple Music, and I couldn't listen to it. And it's not on YouTube, I don't think. And the only, the only parts from it they have is on a Breath the Hitman Heart movie soundtrack it's not an actual movie soundtrack it's just a movie made from music just to tell a story basically and touch peel and stan was on there and that's a that's a pretty good song and so you want to tell them the story of how i didn't know who um <laughs> what's his name again the rem singer was <laughs> So yeah, you were watching the Nirvana induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Michael Stipe was the one giving the speech to induct them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you didn't have any idea who he was, and um, you don't know a whole lot about the band R.E.M., So, um, which granted, R.E.M. is significantly different band than Nirvana is, but they kind of have the same type of... Uh, same type of uh, vibe, not necessarily vibe, but they have the same type of independence, and they 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 don't want to um, 
necessarily have to conform to what everybody else does. But um, and it's also a band that changed a lot over time, so they didn't necessarily sound the same throughout. But they were really a band that blazed the trail for others to uh, in that alternative space to be to be successful. So pretty cool band. Check them out. All right, so I'm going to get into a little bit of a different topic. I'm going to move straight a little bit away from music. Still has music involved. They're both musical people. They both make music. All right. Have you heard of Logan Paul? The man who filmed a dead body and posted it on the the internet site of YouTube. Have you heard of, um, um, what's it called? What's his, what's the first letter? I know that strength and intelligence. It's something. Knowledge, strength, and intelligence. Or known as J.J. Olatunji, KSI. Have you heard of him? Have you heard about the Logan Paul KSI fight? I think so. Have you seen? Have you even seen the uh, first fight KSI was in? The first YouTube fight where they made it, I think, three or four rounds into the match before Joe Weller just got so tired he couldn't continue, and they made they ended the match and. KSI won, and as soon as, soon as soon as he won the match, the uh, the the ring announcer, who's also from YouTube, his name I'm pretty sure his, I forget what his name is, um, but he was the moderator for the last press for the last the last of the press conferences. He was a moderator of the first Joe Weller press conference too. Um, he he asked uh, KSI. He was like, "Anyone? You you, asked, so you said you wanted to call someone out." And he said. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, because he is British. He goes, Paul, and so he goes, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, any of the Pauls, I don't care. I'm calling you out and does this and that, and then Logan Paul accepts. And I think it's a stupid move on KSI's part because he has, yeah, granted he has one year of experience in boxing, but Logan Paul was an all-time state wrestler, four years in MMA, which is pretty close to boxing. It's about as close as you can get without it being wrestling. And, um... Which is, wrestling is even farther away than MMA. It's like the same concept, almost, except you're in a cage. Uh, he's a, he had four years of experience in MMA. He was an all, all-time state wrestler. He, did, he I think he won state once. He went to state twice his junior and senior year. So I think it's a stupid move to call out a Paul brother, because they're both really good wrestlers, and they both had athletic backgrounds, and KSI had zero athletic backgrounds. So I'm just trying to give you a background here. So KSI... And I quote says, I destroyed Joe Weller when he he lasted four, about four rounds and didn't even knock him out. Says, I, and I quote in his, in his words, I am God. Logan Paul says, Jesus Christ, we, gotta, we have some work to do. He says, he says, why are you talking about my son like that? So he, he's got a lot of confidence and Logan's got confidence. Everyone's baffled by how much confidence KSI has and do you have any idea any any thoughts of who might win or how it might go down between so logan paul he's about six foot two 200 and you know he's 175 pounds now but he's 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 big he's a big dude he's ripped he's, he's got a lot of muscle definition and ksi he's kind of got man titties but he's also kind of got some abs but he's pretty athletic in his own right and Logan Paul, I think, punched Bradley Martin in the face, and you can visibly see Bradley Martin's face rattle. And Bradley Martin challenged KSI. I think KSI accepted. I don't know if he's punched him yet, but any idea who might win? 
None. Known? What's known? I don't have any idea who might win. Okay. But is this the one where they you gotta like buy Yeah, the one next one. Okay. Is this like going to charity or something? I don't think so. Oh, that's disappointing. They should donate it to charity. Make some good out of it. Logan Paul's already donated about a million dollars to charity. Well, good for him. That's that's good for After him. After he did a lot of messed up stuff. Like, he donated $250,000 to the National Su- Suicide Prevention Hotline, and the rest of the million went to various charities. And okay, so I don't think he's done anything charitable. Yeah. Well, I would think the guy who has MMA experience would probably have the upper hand. But you never know, I guess. So it'll be interesting to see who uh, who wins that one. All right. Okay, I'm going to jump back into music. Um, so I know that, um, what's his name, Mike, whatever his name is, Mick something from Pearl Jam. Is, is that right? Mike McCready. Mike McCready, he's a guitarist, right? Lead guitarist. Yes. I know he's not too famous for having special guitars, because I've never really heard of Mike McCready using a special model that no one else was really using. So, like, Kurt Cobain played a Jaguar and a Mustang, where no one was using that, because everyone thought they were ugly and hated them. And he just, they were, they're small scale and all that, and... And Billy Joe plays a Les Paul Jr. special that he's modded to put a Seymour Duncan in there, I think. And he just, in late October, early September, the official blue model of the Les Paul Jr. special is going to come out. It's the Billy Joe signature. So Billy Joe's known for playing a Fernandez uh, Mexican Strat and... I know there's other guitarists that, like, the guitarist from Hole plays Kurt Cobain's Jaguar in a couple music videos because that was gifted to him, and he remodified it to go right-handed. Do, do you have any, any artists that you know, like, or just like a, a guitar model of, of any sort of type that if you play guitar still... That you would be would be your signature model that you you would be just attached to or something like if if you've ever seen a certain guitar and go oh I kind of like that or like you see someone playing one you're like oh that's kind of dope do you have any, any anything um, I always like the look of a Rickenbacker those are like the originals were homemade weren't they yeah and there was somebody that I saw once that had a 12-string Rickenbacker that I thought was pretty cool, um, but they were super, super pricey, so I never could get anywhere close to having one of those. I think I had the equivalent of a Squire Strat at that point. I, I don't know if it was a, if they were called Squire at that point or if they were called something else, but oh, it was, was 92, Squire's 93. Been around since the 60s. Okay, and then it was and it was probably a squire then because I had a, I had a strat, but it wasn't a Fender strat. It was the it was the knockoff. And as far as McCready goes, you know he doesn't have a signature guitar. 
but he does have a signature year that most everything that he plays is a 59-something or other. It's 59 Strat, 59 Les Paul. For whatever reason, he really likes that year. So most of his guitars are 59, 59 whatevers. But he has a, uh, a Fender Strat that he plays most mostly, but um, has a lot of other... Has a lot of other stuff that he plays as well. But yeah, Rickenbackers would be it. Um, and then I always liked the Gibsons too, but those were always really expensive too. So I never. They're well, they're bankrupt, yeah. They're so, bankrupt. They filed for bankruptcy. They don't have any money. None of, their, none of their other brands are doing anything except for Gibson guitars. Yeah. Gibson Electronics is not doing anything because they have to pay off debt. And I just remember at one point seeing some band at the the place that we went to see music at in Cedar Falls, Stubbs, that the guys had Paul Reed Smith guitars, and I remember yes. being I remember being impressed with that because I remember those being super super expensive, and I was like, dang, those guys spent a lot of money on those guitars. Yeah, I remember. There's a YouTuber that I'm watching. Uh, you guys probably know him, Tyler Larson, also known as Music Is Win. Uh, his signature guitar is Baby. He plays a PRS Les Paul model, LP copy basically, but it's like ten times nicer now because Philip McKnight, you know who that is? Have you heard of him? He's a guy that does uh, sharpen my axe and fixes up guitars and makes them better. It's a lot better now because he upgraded the pickups to older pickups, which means they're gonna get a lot more buzz and a lot more of this and all that and new tuners and all this on it so he, he plays prs and he had to sell a car i think it was you know he had to sell a air conditioner i think i think it was just to afford this guitar it was like four hundred dollars at the time which i guess four hundred dollars however expensive the guitars back then has probably been inflated a little bit because everything's a lot like a little cheaper or a little not or a little more expensive and so like $100 hundred dollars would, would probably be a bit, a bit of Martin back in the 30s. $100 now is, pro, $100 now is probably the price of a Martin, like $500 for a, a build-your-own-Martin kit. Which I always thought was strange. How I get how you could build an, an electric guitar, but just have a kit to make an acoustic guitar. I guess luthiers would have fun doing that. But to the normal eye, that just doesn't seem too too smart so yeah honestly i don't even know what to talk about anymore we've gone through so many topics um let me think all right so my my signature model guitar what would what would mine be probably the squire bullet strat with with um with uh modifications because what i'm trying to do is i'm gonna try my hardest work up money get a uh Seymour Duncan 59 or a Seymour Duncan Junior something, Junior Bucker, I think is what it's called. JB, basically. Or my signature signature would be a a uh, an older, I think, 58 uh, um, Fernandez neck strat. Oh, who's Stanley Blake? I don't know. It'd be a uh, uh, 59 RI 
body strat with a Fernandes neck on it. It's got to be from Japan, though, the body, because it won't fit otherwise, the neck. And then Seymour Duncan in the in the neck, not in the neck, the bridge. I'd have to route it out to fit a humbucker. Then two, um, two normal 59 hum, uh, single coils. Doesn't matter the color. That's just, I've always liked that sound. Because that's what the vandalism strat on it, but had on it. But I don't think the vandalism strat sounded it, it, its best that it could have, because of all the damage that was to it. All the nicks and dings probably affected the tone a little bit, the sustain and all that. And our dog's having another seizure. You done there? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's done. Ah, oh, all right. So, if you were a bassist. You probably don't know too much about basses, but if there was a certain brand that you wanted to, your bass to be made from, like a certain brand that you know crafts well, it doesn't have to be expensive or cheap. It can be whatever you want. It crafts well. Who would you want your bass to be made by? I don't have any idea. I don't know. It could be any brand that crafts guitars really well or... Okay. Um I I don't I don't have an opinion on that one. I'm sorry. You have, you have opinion on I don't I don't have an opinion. I apologize. <laughs> I shun you. Now I heard I heard Gibson makes some really good basses and they make bass amps that are pretty decent. But right now like the Fender the Fender Squire Mustang Bullet HH is a good, it's a good value. The pickups are really good. If I ever take that neck pickup out, I might use it on something else, um, or a or the bridge pickup and switch it out with a Seymour Duncan. I might use that on something else because they're both really good for a hundred and fifty bucks. Or we got it on sale for how much? One hundred ten, one hundred nineteen, somewhere somewhere around that range. But yeah, that would be the dream guitar. All right. And I'm going to branch off. Favorite TV show and why? This is just a little common little interview. It's turning into 60 minutes or something. Let me guess. Better better Call Saul. Uh, not necessarily Better Call Saul. Um, favorite TV show. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, Breaking Bad was pretty good. I think that that had a lot of a lot of good stuff in it. But then, um, I don't know. There was a show that was on called Parenthood that was pretty good. Um, and then didn't that have the um, police? Didn't that have the police officer from the the main chief from Nine One One in it? Yes, it did. It it had it it had him in it, and then a bunch of other was a bunch of other actors in it. But then, so that, and then we watched uh, Sons of Anarchy was pretty good too, pretty pretty uh, uh, hardcore, but but good. Um, so those probably be my top ones. Probably be my top ones. You got to answer the second part of the question. Is the why part? I just like anything that's got a good story with lots of layers to it that 
take some time for you to kind of figure out all the la- all the layers to it, or um, maybe you know how things are going to play out, but then learning how it gets there is kind of interesting as well. And then if just if they've got a good if they've got a good person writing it, it makes all makes a pretty big difference as well. So that'd probably be why. All right, so there's another branch off. So this is going to be like the pop culture part. How do you feel about um, Antonio Brown being the uh, cover athlete and possibly getting the Madden curse? I don't think there is actually a Madden curse. It may be a Madden coincidence, but no, I don't think there'll be. Um, if he does get injured this year, it won't have anything to do with the fact that he's on the Madden cover. Okay, okay. Okay, Gronkowski was, I believe, two Madden covers ago. No, he was last Madden cover. He was 17. No, Brady was 18. Gronkowski was 17. The year Gronkowski got put on the Madden cover, completely injured, was out for like the whole season almost, until, I believe, the playoffs. And he came back. And uh, Michael Vick, Madden 05. Got put on the cover. He was the best player in a Madden game to this date. No one better because, like, all his stats are, like, 125 in today's Madden, which you can't go up to. And um, he just completely deteriorated. His skill deteriorated. Odell Beckham Jr. was the cover athlete for 16. He did really, really terrible that one year. He was on the cover. Um, The cover athlete for Madden 13, give it, he had a decent year. But like, there's there's certain cover athletes that um that actually haven't done that bad. Like Brady, he made it to the Super Bowl, didn't win though. I'm trying to think of other Madden cover athletes, the the Titans one. There was someone from the Titans on a cover, um, and you've really never seen anything from the Titans, have you? Nothing, nothing historical has come up from the Titans because they're like, aren't they the newest team? Isn't the Titans the newest NFL team? So, they were one yard away from winning a Super Bowl. What do you mean? That, that, wasn't that when they were the Oilers? No, they were the Titans at that point. Oh, when was this? They played the Rams in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I remember this, and he came up short. Yeah, he came up like a yard. There was a, there's a, there's a team that's the newest. I forget what it's called. It's, it's like it's basically the Titans. What are they called? I forget. The Texans? The Texans. That's the newest NFL team, the Texans. Um, I know the um the Bills got a new quarterback that already got injured. I think the Bills have a quarterback. What's his What's his name? I forget. Karen. Yeah, yeah, I forget his first name, but yeah, he he's already injured. And the Saints, the Saints Facebook page is really confusing because they're posting like every single day. Look at last week's game against the Cardinals, and I'm like. You didn't play anything last week. It's not football season yet. It's close, but it's not football season yet. That starts in September, right? Uh, I don't know what to talk about anymore. You have any anything, any topic? Just think of a topic and just just go with it. This is this is gonna be like um, free form comedy, basically. Just go with it, or do whatever you want. It's like free form comedy, but just you're just talking, so just go with it. Okay. Just go with it, huh? Just, just talk away. Okay. Well, I got a text message from your mom, and basically says that um, 
she could use some ice cream. So I'm guessing that when we're done here, I'm going to have to go somewhere. So go somewhere and get some ice cream for 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 your mom because she wants some ice cream. So that's probably what we'll probably what I'll have to go do here in just a few minutes when when we get done with the podcast. But um, that it's supposed to rain, and then. Um, I don't know. That's all I got, bud. You have anything else? No, that's it. That's it? All I, right. I appreciate the dollar. And no problem. You used to pay for ice cream. Okay. Well, it's going to conclude today's podcast. I don't know how long we've been recording for. Um, 46 minutes and 48 seconds. All right. Well, that's going to be it. And I will see y'all, talk to y'all, speak into a microphone for y'all the next episode. Peace.